0: This week on the podcast, we're talking about the pros and cons of in person play and online play, the differences between the two, and how you can bring them together to create a strange hybrid of the both. Welcome to We Speak Common. Okay, welcome back, and hello. This is We Speak Common. D podcast it
1: is indeed you're right i'm good i'm good hyped to talk about some cool stuff today the topics and whatnot so this
0: is uh in real time in the real world when you are listening to it because we are in a simulation the 8th of november yes we're recording ahead of that obviously because podcasts aren't a live format no nope. if you didn't realize um so a lot's happened in the, in the last two weeks, Joe. Tell me about it. What's happened in your life?
1: All sorts of stuff, Ben. You know, I've been. You've let. Actually, I know exactly what what's happened. Yes, you have.
0: You've you've um you've probably not left your house because you've been playing rootin' Tune cowboy and too.
1: This is correct, Ben. I've probably comatised myself yep. uh, for the past few weeks. Um, yep. Living out my fancy dreams. As a cowboy, as a cowboy, on a PlayStation, in the Wild West. Mm. That's right. I've done exactly the same. It's funny. I, whenever I play a game like that, like before it was God of War, yeah, it, it immediately bleeds into D and D, and I'm constantly <laughs> thinking like, like, and it it makes me so uh, unfocused because I go from like the God of War was really cool like Norse mythology and stuff like that and you could probably see how I've brought elements of that into yes. the game thus far but and now then, now there's going to be guns and now, now I, I move <laughs> on to this and I'm like okay how do I bring cowboys into D&D and, then, and it's like I'm reading a uh, a book at a minute uh, Musashi about um Famous Japanese samurai, right? Probably mm-hmm. the most famous Japanese samurai. Mm-hmm. Badass guy, you know, way of the sword, committed his life to it. Uh, he did like 60 duels and stuff. So immediately I'm like, okay, now I need a samurai setting. <laughs> How can I put all this in? It's like
0: Westworld. You've just got different parks. That's what your exactly. world is. Oh, we need sorted. A, where's the Westworld RPG? You know, I don't know, I mean? but that should exist. I'm still waiting for the Witcher RPG to be published somewhere out here in the UK so I can buy it. Yeah. I want that in my life. Okay. That's that's a, that's a tangent straight away. Straight away, start. we're off to a
1: good start. Uh, what so are we this doing? week,
0: this week we are uh, we're changing up a little bit. So rather than do uh, a main segment and a smaller segment, we're going to just do one big topic of conversation today because it's quite a big one. So we're going to talk about the, I think, hotly disputed in some parts of the DnD community, uh, in person play versus online play. And the reason I chose this, I chose this subject this week. This is a subject we're actually educated on. Yeah, this is this is with. one we've got a lot of experience in. Uh, it's because of that, but also because as a new person playing D&D all those years ago, one of the thoughts that went through my mind was, I don't have anything how do i play i don't have minis i don't have maps i don't have artistic skill i don't i still don't have that i don't have um, a lot of structures that can build cool dungeons and tiles i still don't have those either so i was like how do i play um and i eventually learned that theater of the mind is my favorite format of dnd same here um but it took a while and it, it was tough to get into that so this one is sort of this topic today is sort of focused on both sides a bit of people coming fresh into the game uh, they've got the starter set they've got the books and the dice and they're like what what else do i need do i have to go out and buy 100 quids worth of mini so i've got a mini for every single monster Mm. no is the answer but we'll get there and the people who play regularly like you and i who change the format week by week pretty much yeah yeah so for i think we the way we do this is is personal opinion first which you prefer and then we'll we'll break it down into pros and cons and um, how you can do it differently. Mm-hmm. What is your preferred way of playing, Joe?
1: Well, fun, kind of funnily enough, I have it depends on what I'm doing. Right. So if I'm playing the game, yeah. I much prefer in person mm-hmm. um, just because it's. You have much less talking over each other, right? Than you do on like Discord or Skype, just because of the latency and people being able to see each other. Role playing, um, whilst for some people it can, you know, it can be a bit more pressure with people all around you. I think once you get comfortable, um, it can be a much more enhanced experience because. The people are right there you can actually look at the person you're talking to you know you can have a face-to-face with the DM and, and really get into a kind of you know an emotional conversation or whatever with an mm-hmm. NPC um, and rolling dice with, uh, with other people in the room it's just more I find it more fun to do that and for the most part I like DMing that way as well um, because I you know I like to do accents and stuff like that and I just feel like it comes across better when you're in person um, and you can I like to physically animate myself, but you can't do that so much on webcam as you can in person. But I love having my notes on one note. And I I sit there if I'm if we're playing online, I sit there at my computer, you know, I got a couple of monitors so I can have everything sprawled up, I'll have a a, you know, a couple of character sheets up, maybe a, a PDF of a book or whatever, and and Discord, and I'll have my notes, and I can see it all. It's all in front of me. I still roll uh, physically, mm-hmm. like uh, in real life, for the most part. Um, we'll get into other methods of, of rolling online later on, but I really do love having just all my notes really easily available, and because all my notes are digital, uh, you know, digital. Um, if I want to play uh in person i end up having to do quite a lot of printing and and stuff like that Mm. Uh, obviously i could use a laptop uh which is something i have done in the past when i have dm'd um but i just really like having you know my whole I got very used to having my whole setup there. My game, we play almost, you know, exclusively online. I, I don't think I've ever had a session with you where you've DM'd in person. No, I don't think so. Just because of the way it works yeah. and, and our players... My my game is one we play uh, more in the week, um, yeah. on evenings, you know, when people are coming home from, uh, uh, you know, uni or work or whatever. Um, so it's easier just for us to play online. We haven't all got to get together. Ben's game, we play more, you know, as a, a big event, a weekend thing. Yeah. Um. So... Overall, I like in person more, but I think there are some definite benefits to online.
0: Okay, so I um, I will always favour in person, and that will be because I just like being able to read a room and have an actual atmosphere and know that everyone's attention is on the game and we are all in that moment together. Mm-hmm. I feel like when we're online and we do do it, you do you know you have to make the compromises with scheduling and things like that, and we've got. Um, I think only one person now who lives quite far away and that is it's just not as easy to get that atmosphere and it's not as easy to have people as focused and in the moment when there's that, that screen between you also there is the horrible, horrible issue of the fact that we live in the middle of nowhere and the internet here is is diabolical oh, it's the worst it is so bad I've just moved house and I've just moved from a house that had um, 50 gig up down to like 3.5 up down <laughs> and I, I want to cry yep. every time I use it um, so that is just the worst thing in the world is when people can't connect or, or there's latency and there's lagginess and there's that robotic voice and it just draws you out at the moment I've had experiences in person playing games and one day I'll tell you the tale of my proudest moment as a DM today, which was an in person role playing moment that happened in a game I was DMing and I think uh, literally so many people have heard me tell this story in our group that they all just rub their eyes now. <laughs> <'cause> I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, but my best moment was this. and They're like, yes, we know, Ben. Um, so just having that, that person there and that connection is for me better. And it's not just I think it's not just better for me. As a person singularly there but for the other players as well because that moment that i had as a dm with this player was only for one one person but the um the two of the other players who were there at the table said to me afterwards like we were sitting there watching and and i um i remember it was my girlfriend actually who hadn't been playing for long um she enjoyed it but she was like just trying it out and she said to me afterwards like oh i I turned to whoever and said "I, i can't watch (laughs) <laughs> and I was like and it was that moment I was like, you're not watching anything though we're yeah. just sat around a table so it's 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 that level of immersion if you will within person that I
1: thrive for in the games that I
0: run and play in yeah and I definitely. think you can achieve that more
1: in person. Yeah I don't think it's an impossibility online, mm-hmm. but it is much more difficult to achieve and I think players need to be and the DM need to be more, um, disciplined i suppose to, mm-hmm. to really be focused um it's easier to lose track of what's going on online right yes because if you, if you switch off for just you know a second it's harder to to pick up the conversation again right um and that's not you know really the fault of the players or anything but it's just it's just a, a fact that, that that happens um so it's tricky really but what i think is don't be discouraged if your only way to play is online because yeah. it, it still can be a really great experience and it's gotten way better over the past like four years yeah um, definitely because uh, we can talk about some of the the pros of, of playing online now is that you can use so many different bits of software and that to enhance the experience so the main one um, is roll 20 yeah um, which is if you're rolling online with people who like you don't know, or for instance, uh, you might just all want to roll your your dice digitally, uh, you know, kind of out in the open. And Roll Twenty is great for that, so it, you can roll all different dice, still different rolls, add your bonuses, etc. You can create whole character sheets on there that you can then share with all the other players and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's made sharing information. Uh, online, way easier. I I remember as a as a
0: newbie coming in and seeing Roll20 team and and being so confused by it and not really understanding because it just sort of gives you a grid page and and it gives you a chat box and the ability to, to both physically, digitally roll dice, let you see dice roll across the screen or just you know type in a number and it gives you a number back. Um, but there is a. A depth to it that I've never achieved, where you can build maps and you can hide sections of the map from your players and you can have tokens and you can buy the books through Roll20 and have the campaigns on there. And there is, if you want it, a full on yeah. in depth
1: experience and can, to that program. You can really, really, um, I think you can actually emulate uh, using minis and stuff like that to the point where it becomes better than in person with mm. the, like, the dynamic lighting yeah. and things like that, that can be really immersive and really cool for players to dyna- actually see what the players would see based on their light source, their their special vision. How far they can how see. How the far they can yeah. see. And stuff like that's really cool. But like I say, if you don't know the software too well, it can be a little obtuse and it's mostly the grid just ends up getting filled with obscene images from <laughs> yeah. the players. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But if you can get past that, uh, it can be really good. Um, there's other programs as well. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it's like um, Forge World or Forge Cast or Fantasy something. Ground. Oh, Fancy ground. Oh, one of yeah. them. That's one.
0: And there's... there's So they're built for D&D, really, or Pathfinder or, or whatever, Call of Duty, whatever you're playing. They're built for those kind of games. But then there's, um, there's a game on Steam, which will be on other places as well, uh, called... Just tabletop, tabletop simulator or something yeah, like that. Yeah, tabletop simulator. And, and you- yeah, oh my god, de- de- talking about death, I have seen images and videos of DMs who build full-on 3D tabletop dioramas of towns and dungeons that
1: you could do in person with minis that cost a bomb digitally. Yeah, um, it's, it's awesome. So you're essentially you're all digitally sitting around a like 3D table, right? Mm. Like a game. Um, Speaking of Red Dead, it's imagine if you're you know, like you're sitting around the table in first person playing poker in Red Dead. It's like that. <laughs> yeah. But with D D. Okay. And you can use your mouse, manipulate all the objects. Everything has physics as well. So there you, can, are minis. you can pick up a mini and just fling, fling it at another. Player. Yeah. Um so that's pretty cool as well if you want to go all the way in depth like that. And I think another big pro of playing online is it's gotten so many people into the experience that would not be able to otherwise the first mm-hmm. game I ever played was an online game with randoms I didn't know in real life yeah um just went onto a forum, was like I want to play in D&D I'm going to try DM anyone want to play and they were and some people were like yeah sure so I just added them on Skype um you know set up a game played I never would have been able to have done that um you know without the advent of, of online play I mean yeah I mean and there's people who were around for the, the
0: birth of d d who always say like I didn't have any mates in my school that understood what d d was and I couldn't play it until I was in college and it's like well that's not a problem now because the internet is a thing that's the day and age we live in so there is that endless benefit of places like Reddit where you can go looking for a group There is a subreddit purely for that and you just say, look, I live in this time zone. I want to play this version of this game and these are the days I can do it. Is there anyone who runs on that kind of schedule? Mm -hmm. And people will say, yeah, join us.
1: Yeah, there's there's also a group finder kind of program built within Roll20, which is exactly that you put in there in all them parameters and Mm -hmm. it will show you the games that are available to you. that DMs have set up looking for players. Mm so and then the DM, you know, if you're a DM, you can set up um, kind of different rules as well that you want. You know, like explain what sort of game is. Is it going to be profanity? Is there not? Etc. You know, stuff like that. So you can really cater it to your own experience. Mm. Um, so that can, you know, that's a great way to to get involved, and then and then you can start pestering your real life friends okay, <laughs> after after the fact. Yeah. Um, so they're really good. Like we said, the downsides are it's just a little bit impersonal. Yeah. And, and for a game which is all about, you know, personal relationships, essentially, um, that can hinder it in a way. I think as well, there's... I,
0: I like to think that we work as a group, our group, Joe, because we are all real life friends. And I think that probably is the main reason. But you hear a lot of horror stories about people who have or I do at least, scrolling through the the endless thread of the, the internet, that is that people go to real-life groups or they go to online groups that they've met and they've said, yes, join us, and then they're people that just don't mesh well. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's nothing wrong with, you know, saying, okay, this group's not for me, they don't play the way I want to play. There's nothing wrong with that at all, and there's nothing wrong with saying, thank you for letting me join, but I'm going to go find somewhere else because this isn't how I want to play the game. Yeah. This game has endless possibilities. Some people don't play it the same as you that's fine but I think with the way online play works and the ability to find groups like that is people can easily especially new people become discouraged because they'll find a group and they'll not enjoy it and they'll think this isn't this isn't what I want to be like this isn't the way I want to play Mm -hmm. and that is I think a, a major issue with with online play and the ability to just find people to play with that you've never met before is to be dissuaded by the different styles
1: of play out there. And that's the thing, you can if you, especially if you're online like that, you can be really dissuaded by a bad DM. And yeah. I don't mean like, skill in running the game I just mean a DM that's not very courteous or... Mm-hmm. You know, want something very specific and it's been difficult in how they want you to go about acting in the game. And that can just be very off-putting. Obviously, that can happen in real life as well, but it's less likely when it's people you know yeah. anyway, you know, um, you have an established relationship with. I mean, o- obviously, you can go the completely the other way. When we first started DMing, I, obviously, I knew you and I knew uh, pretty much everyone we were playing with, apart from our friend James, who I didn't know personally at the time so we met online first before we started playing in person as Mm. well um you know now we're best buds (laughs) shout out yeah (laughs) (laughs) cheers um so you know it can go either way but i would say as well if you play online you don't have an excellent experience just shop around a bit yeah there are loads of games out there the
0: bonus tip being online is is there is nothing wrong with you saying see you later sorry (laughs) i mean don't ghost people that's a bit rude but you can say sorry this isn't for me yeah that and we'll get into the the pros of inline and the cons of of in person later but that is something that's harder to do when you know the people you play with um so that's nice but also not nice no because it, it does happen
1: yeah it does um another thing you can do we've spoken about it before is you can go if you there's one in your area you can play like an Adventurer's League game as well mm. um you know so it all kind of ties back into you know new people wanting to play the game and, and stuff like that um so there are many options but I just think with the, the D&D community being as it is now being so massive and so quite positive at the moment Yeah. um also, the D and D community at the minute is extremely uh, like progressive as well. You know, mm-hmm. so people of you know all shapes and sizes type thing it, are all welcome, and there's a big push for that for making sure that you know everyone feels accommodated for and such. So, you know, no matter who you are, you know, whatever your persuasion is, um, you will you, you can find a game out there for you that mm-hmm. will be you know very welcoming. Um, if you look at uh, you know, kind of the games Wizards is promoting at the minute and stuff like that, they're promoting lots of, um, you know, inclusiveness for transgender people and, you know, gay people and, and yeah. all sorts of different, you know, people. So there's lots of options that way as well online. Obviously, it can be pretty, um, like you say, a bit daunting. I think the first time I played, because I, I was DMing, I didn't really know how to DM, um, so I was winging that, and it was new people who I didn't know as well. Um, so that was that was that was like kind of a high pressure situation to yeah. uh, to jump. I sort of made it hard for myself. I, I probably should have played first. <laughs> um, and like I said before on the, uh, the first podcast, it, it went diabolically terrible. Not because the players were bad or horrible or anything. Um, we still had fun. Just the game wasn't very good. Yeah, um, but. That doesn't really matter if you're still having a, you know, a decent time of it anyway. And I think I played maybe eight or nine sessions with with those guys and it was, you know, it was pretty fun. Um, So there's that as well. So our experience is kind of interesting as well because we do a lot of hybrid games as well where we use online and in person to some extent, right? Yeah. Where we're we've got we've so got one person who's who's oh wait uni or something and they can't make it and the rest of us
0: can so we have a, a laptop in one corner of the room yeah I would say this is probably the least ideal way oh to god, play oh god this is the worst way of doing it absolutely yeah this sucks because you get so much out of the people who are there and the person who's not online tries to be as involved and as we've said before there's that there's that difference in in atmosphere and and ability to just throw yourself in in the immersion of being in person that i feel like it can feel like if you're online and everyone else is in person you're left out um and that's never the it's never the goal no that's never what you want but it's it is difficult to bring them into the circle completely especially when you've got people talking over each other naturally in person and then you've got that latency issue of the internet and then that person trying to chime in to the conversation and it's just, it's just, yeah.
1: it's a bit all um, over the place. I mean, yeah, it works where it needs to. We had, you know, a few teething issues with it to, be, to begin with. And the problem is, is that, like you say, that person kind of getting left behind or, mm. you know, just because they're coming through uh, a laptop speaker or whatever, right? Um, not having as big a presence as everyone else. Mm. And, I think so. It's on the onus is on the players and the DM especially to, and we've got a much better at this now. Is when there is one player who or two players that are online, is to really make sure we're not talking over them. We're giving yeah. them chance to speak, to get involved, and you know, having giving them the equal opportunity to talk and role play with the DM and with the other player characters, uh, you know, as, as much as possible.
0: Yeah, you have to be courteous, and there are times where. I've had to say, like, okay, everyone needs to shut up. I need to hear what this person is saying now because yeah. we've been talking and they're trying to chime in and I can't focus on them. So give us a second let them hear, let them have their say and then we'll, we'll throw it back in. And there's there's nothing wrong with that either. And that's that's not, like, an awkward moment. It's no. just, like, it's just a, a part of having someone who's not in the
1: room with you. Um, it's the same with uh, all online games as well because you can kind of... It's, like, if you're at a table... It, you can be uh, having a conversation with a, a DM and a, a character, and maybe two other players are just having a you know a quiet conversation by themselves on the side. Mm. It's not an issue, but when it's all coming through one set of headphones, yeah, you know, and you're playing you online, that. it becomes a, it becomes a jumbled mess. Yeah, and um, again, then then those people lose track of what's going on, etc. So it just takes a, a little bit more discipline to do it uh, smoothly mm. um, and trying. Kick your moment to jump in and say something so you're not talking over everyone else there there are still going to be moments when you know two people speak at once or whatever but i think we, we've gotten a lot better at that now we just trying to uh mitigate that as much as possible yeah. um you just know, flag it up and say okay let's slow down to say that again yeah yeah and you can still joke around and stuff like that i find as a as a dm when i'm playing online um, People saying, you know, stupid shit all the time. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so, I, you know, I'll be mid-sentence. And it can grate at times. It can. Yeah. When you're in a, a tense situation, someone cracks a joke. But that's the fun of the game. And it's in person, if things flow easier. Online, I just... As a DM, I just, I just pause for a moment let, and then jump back in. Let, let the, the laughter die down a yeah. little bit and then jump back in. And um, See, like, I'm the opposite.
0: So, for me in person, the, the side conversations are what distract me because I'm like, I'm, I want to hear what's being said by everyone yeah. so that I know as a DM how I can deliver properly and I can make sure that everyone's in the same boat. Um, and when those side conversations happen, I'm a bit like, well, I need to know what's going on over here, but I'm also talking to this person. And. Um, you're a micromanager, Ben. But having, no well, it's not that. It's just that I. Yeah, you want to know what's going. I want to know what's going through your minds because I want to know whether I've put the right threads out there and whether when, you know, and and you've got you've picked up the right clues and you're not doing something that's gonna not progress the story, but not deliver what you want. Yeah. You know, if you're thinking, if you're sitting there going, this is this is absolutely this person, I'm going to go and talk to this NPC because they know the answer, and then you go there mm. and I haven't heard you say that to the other player, and I'm just like an NPC with nothing to give you, yeah. that's then disappointing for you. Mm-hmm. You know? So, that, that I guess, is a pro of being online, is that no one can talk over each other, so I get to hear everything. Yeah. Um, Matt, I am
1: God. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Are you sure it's just, just not power fantasy for... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all it is. No, I agree, though. It's, that's a good way to go as well, as a, a DM. I think that's just a decent DM tip in general, is mm-hmm. to know the mindset of your players, what, what they're thinking and what they want to get out of the game so then you can best deliver that Mm. and, you know, it's fun for everyone. And it's also good as a player to, you know, check in with your DM every now and again and ask them what are they trying to get out of their own game so you can help them, you know, get what they want. If a DM is like, oh, you know, I just want to build a really big dungeon and have you guys run through it and do some really cool combats and stuff like that. Or maybe the DM's like, you know, I'm really, really into these deep emotional NPC conversations. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, when those are going on, as a player, you can really prioritise them and enhance them, you know. Whether it through, you know, be through just being quiet or seeking them out more, you know, and, and really delving into that part of your character. Yeah. Um,
0: That's something that, that doesn't happen often. I think there's a lot of earnest on the DM providing everything. And I've had a number of rants before about, back in the early days, about, you know, like, the player turns up to the game, they play the game, they go away for a week, they come back and play the game. The DM has to put so much work in, and... It, it, you hear a lot of stories about players being disappointed because they go to a game and it's it's over-sexualised or they go to a game and it's it's over-combat orientated or they go to a game and there's no combat and they just want to do this and they want to do that. But the DM feels that way too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they they don't want to run a game that's a power struggle between the players and they don't want to play a game that's full of innuendos and, and, and adult content. But mm. they've got a player that wants that. You know, yeah, you have if, to meet that middle ground. Yeah,
1: it's good if Because um, like you say, that there's a big onus on the DM to provide for the players. And I think that's right. Yeah. Right. You've sacrificed playing so you can run the game, right? And yet, you know, as much as it's not ideal, you are somewhat responsible for everyone else's enjoyment, I think. Mm. And I think that's a perfectly fine responsibility to take up as a DM. Mm. But the players are also responsible for your enjoyment in a lot of ways by not playing up, you know, and yeah. and and going along with it, and and really throwing get, themselves, yeah, in. getting on board with it, and, and getting immersed. Um, yeah. And if they're struggling to do that, or whatever, you know, you can always have a, a conversation and and talk about that. So I think that's that's important is just to check in with your DM, see what they're trying to get out of it. Um, I would I would say to DMs as well is something I've struggled with. Uh, I think every DM struggles with is trying your best to just let go of preconceived notions of how a game will go right Mm because it's never going to go exactly how you want it to or how you think it will but it can go in oftentimes better and more random directions (laughs) so it's just hold on to what you want a little bit but you know try to have a more open mind as a DM and let things flow the way they will
0: yeah there's something that I struggled with a lot and I and it's it's that thing if you don't want to railroad people but I've we're playing a game later today Um, it's it's my session and and because of where it's left i i sat down to do this prep today and i thought i don't know how to prep for this because there's so many different ways that it could go so many different directions it could go off in so what i ended up doing was just going over what happened working out exactly where we'd left things off and then going over the story beats that had been left for you. So where you were going before you went to the place you're at, what you know, what you don't know, what you need to know and those things that you have in your character's arsenal so that I know that when we sit down at the table, fine, I might not have an A to B, A, C, B, D, you know, alphabet ordered ordered session planned for you. But I know that you're starting here probably if you stick with what you were doing over the last couple of sessions which let's face it you probably will because that's the way it's going you're going to end up over here and in the middle something like this might happen and so now i've got it open for you guys to sit down and go right we're in this situation we've got to make a decision and you're able to then make any decision and yeah i might have to go okay give me a second i need to prep for that but it's open for you to do what you want to do Mm -hmm. you have to be able to let go of your expectations of the story is going to go exactly this way and my baddie is going to show up exactly at this moment and he's going to have this to say and they're going to listen to him say it and Mm. because that doesn't happen.
1: No, I think you can have... Like, when I come up with an idea, right, Mm. it's generally... It's like an image in my head Mm. of a character or a place or the players doing something. Normally, extremely exaggerated and badass, and it, by the time they get there, it's never quite that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the image I come up, with. and you can keep that image, and you can guide the players there. And I think the thing is, DMs never stop railroading players; they just get way better at hiding the tracks. Yeah, you know what I mean. They just becomes, it. You know, they they really hide the invisible. That's a walls, great analogy. You know, uh, I just when i first started i was like you know choo choo all aboard Off we go. let's go you've got to fight this bad guy now yeah now it's like you know i, I get them to walk into a house and the walls fall down and it's actually a train and they go along <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you can lead a horse to water but you can't make the horse drink exactly as we know from playing red redemption 2 all weekend we will keep mentioning it yes we will. Um, yeah we've gone off on a bit of a tangent but we, we can't be afraid of those because they're natural um, let's talk about then the pros of in-person play because we haven't we haven't done that yet so well we have a little bit
1: but yeah,
0: we need to get into the pros and cons because we haven't we've, we've not gone over well, the bad I think side a big of big thing
1: is Theatre of the Mind is great and, like we said, Roll20 is great and stuff like that. But there is something special about having minis okay. and a map and having everyone around the table looking at it. So,
0: let's. I want to preconceive this with if you are a new player and you're sitting here and you're going, I don't have everything and I can't go out and fork a load of money for minis and I don't want to paint my own minis and I don't want to kickstart these things that give me scenarios and structures to put on the table, that's fine. You don't need all of that. You don't need to sit around a table and have accurate maps with minis on. And, it. you know, you don't have to have 50 goblins in a drawer somewhere so that if the goblins attack, you've got the exact number that you need. You don't
1: have to be like that. No, I mean, you'll just be half assing it. But you don't need it. No, no. no, no. no. <laughs> no see, I'm that's joking. the problem. I'm joking. I'm you don't joking. need all of that stuff. You can sit down. You can play Theatre of the
0: Mind. Once you get comfortable with it, because it is a curve it is great and there are moments when I've been so probably probably immersed in a game properly immersed in a game where I can oh, it sounds so cringy but I can I can see it I can imagine it and I can see it clearly as if I'm watching something so you don't need to go out there and buy a load of stuff and it's it, the thing is it's that kind of stuff where you don't you don't just buy everything in one go. You amass it over a, s- a space of time. Yeah. I've only recently... Or in Ben's case,
1: you know, just bankrupt his life in yes. pursuit of i I'm a hypocrite.
0: <laughs> I've only recently got into mini painting, right? Probably six months ago. I have got, what, one, two, three... I've got six minis painted, right? And I've got a box with maybe six more in, in the box packages, right? And they are... Purely for me to go I quite I quite enjoy it so I quite enjoy painting they are minis. quite beautifully painted thank so you I, have to say. I really appreciate that my last one I just did is my my all time favourite um, and I, I enjoy doing that and that's a hobby that I did as a kid and I'm getting back into it but I know that I'm not gonna I can't with those six minis go okay let's play the game because I've got five players <laughs> like I, I, that's not gonna happen I don't know how to build scenarios I don't know how to draw maps but like with, with the same way we hybrid online and in person i can hybrid theater of the mind and mini play mm. by putting a map on the table and going this is your map
1: yeah if you don't have all the tools you can you can you know find a middle ground between having everything laid out and completely abstract mm. and just laying a few things out right mm. before we had minis and that we were using like five p's and 20 p's and stuff to represent different you know players and stuff on the map and just doing stuff like that theater of the mind is great i i understand it's not good when you have say like 50 enemies five players and a horde of different goblins and creatures because it's really hard and you, you constantly get a lot of like um Oh, okay. I attack that one in front of me. Oh no! Wait, what? You killed that one? And yeah. yeah. Wait, oh, wait the that other one's one? dead.
0: What happened to that yeah. one? Yeah.
1: And there's that problem as well of like d-
0: distance. Like when you've got a map in front of you and you've got minis on it, you can say right, every square is five feet. Um, you know, or that's two meters away or something. And you can you have that measurement. In theatre of the mind, you don't have that in front of you. It's like right, okay. There's a you're looking down a hallway. There's a T junction at the end. There's two creatures and one behind you, and they're like imagining it. And then you talk about what you're gonna do, and you forget where they are. So it can be helpful to do a little doodle that's not exactly accurate and show where they are on the map. When I was first DMing, I used to do it on my notebook behind the screen and just so I knew if something moved where it was. Mm. So that I always knew where everything was, even if the players didn't. And that is difficult. And that is the problem with the mind and and having to, to allow the the what's the word? You know, I could say to you, it's 30 feet away. Yeah. And then next turn, I I don't know exactly how far it is. I say, oh, it's, it's about 20 feet away. Like, you just kind of have to allow for the flexibility yeah, of it. Yeah, everything's a
1: bit more kind of loosey-goosey when yeah. you, you do Theatre of the Mind. But in, in some aspects, I enjoy it. I think that having everything laid out on a grid mm. um, can be somewhat stifling. Yes. Um, I often find that if everything's laid out on a grid and there's a clear map, right, players will r- just not even think about Any other possibility than what they are seeing directly in front of them. For instance, if I've got like a hallway, right? I've got a hallway map and I've got some guys in the hallway, and maybe the map's not, you know, the map's not 100% detailed. It doesn't have all the objects and stuff on it that I have in my head Mm. that I've described, but the players will forget about all that and just look at the grid and Mm. the five foot squares. Whereas if it's theatre of the mind, I often find I'll have more players asking me, like, okay, can is there I, a bookcase in is here? Is there a bookcase in here? Is there a scone? Okay, can I shoot that scone with an arrow and make it drop down onto the ground yeah. and, and light everything ablaze? But, but they players often tend to forget about that stuff when they're just looking at the abstract map. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a,
0: there's the thing about Theatre of Mind as well is you have to get good at being able to describe things, especially if you're going to do you know puzzles where they have to feel around the edge of a door. Like You have to be able to describe that the door is embezzled and things like that. Um, but when you get to that point the freedom of the imagination properly takes over and it's like, right, I wanna run my hand along the skirting of the door until I find a small indentation. It's like, right, you run your hand along three quarters of the door until you find a slight section that pushes inwards and it's like mm-hmm. that that allows for more freedom in the in the sense of, Oh, maybe he's about thirty feet away, could I get could I get to him in this turn? Yeah, yeah, you could probably get to him in this turn. But it also allows for the 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 in-depth description and and again that
1: word immersion yeah of of playing the game i think i I often think that the best is like a hybrid i find that with if i use a lot of grids and stuff like that i often find myself just being lazy and forgetting to describe stuff you know Mm -hmm. if if there's a door and it's just one pencil line on a grid of paper that i've drawn right i'm probably not going to describe it you know yeah and then i I would, in theory of the mind, describe how it looks and stuff like that. And maybe the players would then use that door in some creative way if I described it. But I often find I just forget or don't if I'm just using the map. So I think a hybrid is good. I think when there's lots and lots of enemies and players and it's just uh, the ta- it's more tactically advantageous to draw mm-hmm. Um I will definitely do that and have, you know, so the players have all their options. Oftentimes, some classes as well, I think, just work better when they have clearly defined five-foot grids and stuff. Yeah. When, they, when all their abilities are cones and areas effects and stuff like that, yeah. when they can clearly see what their, their spell or whatever is going to do, and that helps. But I also think, like on like on big boss fights, for instance, right, like a big dragon, it's just four players versus a dragon. hmm I don't see any point in me creating a grid, right? No, because a dragon can fly. Yeah, it can fly, and it's just one creature, right? The focus is solely on that. I will happily describe the lair, the environment, everything, right? And when there's just one enemy to look after, players can keep track of their own position in in relation to it. You know, they're only really having to keep track of their position in relation to that, and maybe one other party member that's nearby, right? They can put the get. Uh, the rest together and it takes a lot of pressure off the DM because you're not having to think of the exact fine placements of where everything is you can just have a rough idea in your head and if someone asks a measurement you can just give a judgement call yeah and um, for DMs as well I would say think about the ranges of like the, the the kind of uh, most prevalent ranges of different weaponry and abilities and stuff like that, so you can be fair. It, yeah. Nothing hurts more than when you ask, okay, how far am I from that enemy, and you're like he's 31 feet away <laughs> I, I can't get Don't to him this round
0: up <laughs> you can't you can't do that yeah
1: you've got <laughs> you know. you've got to remember a
0: square is within five feet if there's two squares next to each other those people aren't 10 feet away from each other they are within
1: five feet of each other yeah so that's the
0: thing there's that there's that
1: distinction yeah so just think like you know if you, if you it depends if you want to be you know kind or cruel to your players i try to be kind as much as i can so if if, I, like, if a player wants to do something he's like okay, how far am i from that enemy and i'm like well in my head, I'm like, I don't know, probably anywhere, but anywhere between <laughs> twenty and forty feet. I'll probably say thirty because I know he can get there in thirty, yeah. right? Um, if you want, you know, if you want to be an asshole, you just thirty-five. You can't quite make it, yeah. You know, and like I like as well the ability with the theatre of mind is to be able to play
0: for that rule of cool. If someone says to me like, "Oh, I want to do this, this, and this," can I get to them? And I go, mm, "Not really, but I'll let you do it because I understand why you're doing that, and that sounds cool. Let's do it," <laughs> you know. And, and yeah. the, with the hybrid as well I I like the ability to give the players something so I like some of the uh, modules that have been put out recently they all come with a map in the back I like the ability to give the players the map or um, Tomb of Annihilation for example you are uh, at one point it's not really much of a spoiler I'll be honest you have to look for these cubes which are like keys and they give you um, images of them but there are available online free PDFs where you can print them out and make the cubes so you can actually give the cubes to your players. That's cool. I found recently yet another adventure that I need to add to the long list to run. A third-party adventure called Hot Spring Island. And it's... Um, it's what is it? It's a, it's a hex crawl. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So you, you, the idea is that the players are on this this island and they have to explore. So hex- you can you write whatever story you want with it. But it comes with your standard book feed DM and then it comes with a smaller A5 book or a three the smaller whichever one's smaller and it's called The Field Guide Tot Springs Island but it's a um, it's an in-world item so you can give that book to the party in person and say right here's this book that you find on this person at the beach who's Mm -hmm. dead or something Um, take it away go through it and the book describes plants and the book describes animals and it has journals from the person they find it off of and i can i could say to you like right joe this week you're taking the book home read whichever bits you want to read and then you come back the next week and say okay james you're taking the book home you read whatever bits you want to read and you can share those information parts and also it gives the other bit of oh you find this tall plant with red tipped leaves and yellow dots on it and it smells lovely and you say right well is it poisonous can i make an investigation check i go no but you can look in a field guide and then you have to find it in the guide and read about it yeah, I love that cycle. stuff yeah but that's, that's for me that's more enjoyable than here are a load of minis that represent us on the table um, I'd love to play games where we've got the dungeon laid out in a tile set
1: but those tile sets are bloody expensive man yeah, um, I, like I said, I think a hybrid is is the way to go. You can, I think, fourth edition was way too heavily focused on grids. That was the main um, complaint. That was the main complaint. It was too uh, board game like.
0: And I found that because I started with fourth edition, and I found that I wanted to play the way Five E is written, without realizing, you know, Five E wasn't out, so I didn't realize that that's how it would be. But that's how I wanted to play the game, and I
1: couldn't. I couldn't
0: do that. Theater of Mind freeform because the rules no. required me to have. And I think a grid. Theater of
1: the Mind is very much built. For theater of the mind, mm. but like in like it kind of says in the DMG, you know, you can use grids and that to enhance that, and as and when you please. So I think it's it was Wizard's intention to have people play theater of the mind and add grids and things like that whenever they wanted, whenever them. they wanted them, yeah. and if they wanted them and how they needed. It's I mean, this is why fifth edition I think is the best edition by far because it just it's solved so many of the issues and has a lot of options It's, it's a little tame for some people and i get that but it really has solved like so many issues i also want to put out there as well even though i'm very much saying you
0: know you don't need minis there is something to be said about having a mini that you found and painted yourself that represents your character even when we play in your game joe and i play as timbal the, the mouse I have a little mouse character we've painted up to be Timbal and even though I'm sat at a computer <laughs> I will have him there in front of me yes. because that helps me visualise and it's nice and like I've, I know that I've spent my time putting little fake grass on and I've painted him the right colour and I've given him this scar and like yeah. that's nice to have so by all means and I absolutely have this last I, last, I painted a wizard recently who is absolutely going to be my next wizard character. He looks so cool. I love him. And I'm so proud of the little paint job that I've done. And I will take it to every game, even though we don't play with grids. And I'll be like, okay, Ben, introduce you to your character. And I go, okay, this is my character. Minnie's down on the table. I look like this. I talk like this. And then I'll do the rest free but I'll have that little guy there because he's my little
1: mascot. It can definitely enhance experience. There's, There's no doubt about that. And like I said, with you know, I like to do boss fights in Theory of the Mind if there's not too many characters. Um, having uh, a big mini for a big mini, a
0: big mini, yeah, I know.
1: Hey, a, a big miniature <laughs> oxymoron for, for the boss character. You know, whether it be a a dragon or whatever, mm-hmm. that can really help the players to visualise what's going on. If you like, here's a dragon, this is what it looks like. It's big and scary. Have you seen
0: the? the big mini that was used for the boss of the first critical role campaign yes okay i'm not going to spoil it in case there are people i mean i haven't watched all of critical role one okay that it's just the thing that's probably not going to happen at this point but i know i know how it ends and i know who the boss is that mini is a um uh what is it a warhammer mini from one of their i think it's like age of sigma or something Mm. and it's this really cool looking thing but it's like it's like the size of a of a bust like it's massive it's it's like bigger than a than a 500 milliliter bottle of water yeah and i so want to get that and paint it up and use it for one of my big bosses um i know which one i want to use i don't want to tell you because i don't want to ruin it for you but um i i think there is something very very cool about even though we don't play with minis and i think it makes it cooler we don't play with minis we don't see that often but being able to be like right okay you enter the room and this happens and this happens and you set the atmosphere and blah 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 blah, and then going okay here's what you're fighting and just bashing this ginormous model down on the table and be like right this is what
1: you're fighting that's yeah. cool i like yeah i i love that when if a like a DM say doesn't use minis, right? Mm-hmm. But at the very end of a campaign, you just like from behind the screen comes like a, a giant beholder mini. He's it's like, here you go, here it all is. All the players are like, oh shit! That's that's this is serious. Something's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know that that it can also be used to enhance the you know the atmosphere and that if it's something you don't use all the time, but when you but, you know but when the DM does pull a mini out, you know you know you know it's, it's about to go down. Yeah, it's about to which go down. Is, you know that's cool i mean i have no idea how we got here ben
0: we- i feel like i feel like we've we've sat down to say right let's talk about the difference between the two and the thing the answer is there is a massive difference between the two and you can do a mix of both in person online whatever and there are many different ways of doing both variants but you just kind of have to experiment and find what works for you if you want to play the game with a grid and hundreds of minis then do that find a group that plays that way if you want to play theater of the mind and you want to do it on a wednesday night at seven o'clock for two hours before you go to bed then fine do that over discord you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a needs must thing it's if your group can't get together every weekend which we can't we never can it doesn't happen we're not even going to get together later today and we're in the same room right now you know i know it's 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 ridiculous it's so difficult to get life together to, to do this hobby that we want to do so just find what works for you make it the way you want to make it and go for it and if you ask me in person i will always tell you that theatre of mind is better but by god you should be painting minis because there's something wholesome and fun about it
1: Mm-hmm. yeah 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 i think that's a good that's a good way to put it um yeah it, it's all the ways of playing are are valid I mean we've gone very down the middle this, this <laughs> yeah show. this
0: is really but, really but like, it's we don't want to upset look, anyone look, we will <laughs>
1: we have very terrible opinions on lots of things and they will come up eventually I but mean, this one yeah is, is I think they are equally valid Um, and if you can only do one which you know if you can only do one it's probably online yeah um, then do it then do it because and do it the way you want to do it and do it what's best for you and your group and enjoy it the game is beautiful at the end of the day as long as you're having fun Mm-hmm. you're fine I, would, I do want to this is kind of random but I just wanted to throw in okay. a, a topic we kind of spoke about this on the first podcast you've got, you've got to be quick because we are well over time <laughs> how do, I was struggling about this how do you describe D&D to someone who doesn't, who isn't, has no idea what it is or role playing
0: games. Okay, I did this recently. I went to a, um, went to a work conference, a really quick story time and I sat next to uh, a colleague from another station and I said, um, you know, we were just talking, we we're cashing up, getting to know each other and I was like, I, I don't really talk about it at work. I Like people know I play. It's uh, a secret society. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're witches. Um you know people know I play but they don't really know they don't really get it and I was having this chat with this girl and I said um you know it's have you ever heard of it and she said no and I was like right, okay this now becomes harder because you've never heard of it and I said right it's kind of like we sit together around a table and we we all have these characters that we play and we talk about it and we talk about what happens and we roll dice to see whether it happens and they go right okay and her response was I really like murder mystery dinners is it like that and I was like, yeah, kind, kind of, of, yeah. Except instead of actually physically walking around the house, we just imagine it. Yeah. So it really, really depends on the person. But oh, most of that, the time, man. I just say it's a, it's a story time, and we sit, we, we, we tell stories, and we are in the, and we, we, make the story together, and we have a laugh. That was a
1: beautiful anecdote, Ben.
0: Thank you. We, we are well over, so we're gonna. I think we're gonna end it there. Okay, we will end it there. Um, email us. Email us. We speak at Hotmail.com, uh, at we on Twitter. Send us a DM. Send us a DM. Slide slide into into them. yeah. And please, 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 whatever podcasting app you are on, uh, if it allows you to leave a a rating and a review, uh, it's super, super helpful for us to grow our community. And um, share us with your friends because we welcome them. Sick. Cool. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to us today. If you like the podcast, then do us a favour. Give us a review or a like on iTunes and Anchor. And share us with your friends. You can find us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at WeSpeakCommon. The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by TimeCrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution licence CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.